0: If you could steal a body part from any person, famous or not, whose body part would you steal? Mm. And what would you steal?
1: That's a good question. I want Selma Hayek's boobs.
0: (laughs) She has really really nice
1: boobs. She has really nice boobs. I mean, are we talking like I don't want to be creepy about it. I don't want like her boobs in a suitcase in my closet. Like I want her boobs.
0: <laughs> Do you on want her body. boobs? <laughs> so you want I want you to want have
1: to, the boobs.
0: You want to touch your chest and feel Salma Hayek's breasts.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a little creepy. You ask the question, you get the well, I mean, you ask for. But yeah, creepy, I wanna it's I wanna... a creepy question for a creepy episode for a creepy movie. <laughs> I wanna uh yeah, I wanna walk around with nice big boobies and and know what that's like.
0: I think Salma Hayek's chest would look incredible on you.
1: Well, thank you. And yeah, not just not just big boobs, like she's got really nice boobs. How about you? Whose body part are you taking? Whose body
0: part am I taking? You know, that's so hard for me, even though I asked the question. You know, I was thinking, I was daydreaming earlier today about how much I love River Phoenix. Um, so maybe if I could, like, preserve River Phoenix, maybe maybe just his head, because it's really his face that I'm fixated on, and kind of like how May has Susie. Um, or in Futurama, yeah, they, yeah. yeah, yeah, when they put <laughs> Richard Nixon's head in a jar. Um, yeah, I would really like to do that with River Phoenix because he's so beautiful.
1: Hmm. Yeah, he's a he's a good looking guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get started. uh this is necromancer
1: necromancer
0: i'm she and i'm a fan of romantic comedies
1: i'm brett and i'm a fan of horror movies
0: now normally it's not weird at all we're not weird or are we mm-hmm. uh i pick a rom-com brett picks a horror movie and then we make each other watch those movies and then we resurrect that rom-com as a horror movie and the horror as a rom-com. But today we're doing something a little bit different because we are talking about our reverse favorites. I'm a rom-com fan, but there are a few horror movies that I also really like. Brett like some rom-coms. And damn, if you don't write some good ones, I would say that the thing that has surprised me most about doing this podcast with you and happy, again, happy year of podcasting to us is I never expected you to willingly write your own rom-com versions of some of these horror movies that we watched. Uh, I, I thought that you would just be interested in the horror angle. I, I really wasn't sure how much I'd be able to get you interested in romantic comedies or talking about writing them or, or taking them seriously. Well, not, not neither of us really take anything seriously, yeah, but, I know what you mean. <laughs> but being willing to talk about movies critically Mm-hmm. Uh, and then actually coming up with some really solid rom-coms. Like, I still think about your um, rom-com version of um, Drag Me to Hell, which I thought was adorable. Yeah. With the button that makes people fall in love with you. Yeah. Uh, I just yeah I I think that you've done some stuff that's been really inspired. So I think the chance to get to flip things around like this it uh it excites me too.
1: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun cuz I mean I think I had a pretty a pretty generic idea of what rom-com was, right? Like I like you hear rom-com, you think rom-com TM. So I thought that there was going to be a lot of rom-com TM stuff going on. But No, yeah. I mean, a lot of these movies, especially a lot of the older ones and stuff that you've picked, you know, you'll often come in and go like, oof, I know you probably didn't like this one. And I'm like, oh, this movie was really fun. Or this movie was really cute. Like, yeah, like, it's nice to. Yeah, I think we both just appreciate watching movies in any genre. And just expanding our, our movies.
0: Yeah, I think expanding our horizons for me was one of the big themes of doing this together because I know what movies I like to watch and I know what movies I would choose to watch for myself. Uh, And I would I would guess the same for you. But then when somebody else picks a movie for you. It's a completely different experience and you might not necessarily expect to like it. For example, when we did a uh, phase four for apocalypse movies, I would have never in a million years willingly sought phase four out. Like it, it would not have come up in my Google search results for the types of movies that I, 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 I research or, or want to hear about. Um, but I'm so glad that I got to see it because now I can, of course, tell people I see it and and you know talk about an interesting movie in terms of how they, especially how they filmed the ants. I never ceased yeah. to be amazed about how they filmed the ants in that movie. But I, I would have never yeah, gotten you carry, to use a little
1: crush torch for the little green ant.
0: Ah, uh, the green ant <laughs> is so crush worthy. So crush worthy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it really, it really expanded my horizons for, for the, the type of movie that, that I would watch and, you know, as much as I'd like to say that I would watch a movie like Michael Clayton, and I would tell people that I'd watch a movie like Michael Clayton, right. I, I don't think I would have watched Michael Clayton if it hadn't been my assignment. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's it's been been really good in that way, and uh, I'm I'm glad to hear that it's uh, been similar for you as I've made you watch. Uh, some rom-coms, particularly the old ones, because nobody wants to watch the black and white movies I recommend. I've noticed this, and I'm sure this is something that boomers relate to, is like, ah, people only want to watch the movies you recommend that are in color. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: But uh, there's a lot of really great movies out there.
1: Yeah. The greatest gift that you probably gave me on this podcast was The Love Bite of Laura. Uh, I still think Laura. about Laura all the time. Laura. That movie is freaking great. Laura, every
0: single person in Laura is incredible, but I I need to stop because otherwise we would make this entire episode <laughs> about a separate movie that's named after its title character.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But uh. But we. Uh, so we cover just friends. Yes. Uh and a movie, now
1: a movie that teenage Brett really loved. And so I'm curious to know what drew teenage Shira. <laughs>
0: Yes, I I think that you have correctly guessed that when I watched May, I was younger than I am now. I wasn't, I was actually in college, but I was uh, er, early, like, we're we're talking like 19, 20, um, not, this is definitely not, I didn't have a credit card (laughs) (laughs) at this point in my life. I was not developed, but I, I was very interested in, you know, just watching any kind of weird or out there movie that I could find. Uh, You know, the way that I grew up, I've talked about this before, Uh, I didn't grow up with any kind of guardrails or censorship or my parents telling me that this movie is too mature for me to watch. So I, you know, I had no barriers in terms of seeing violent, disgusting or horrible movies when I was growing up. And I think maybe that's what draws me so much to the things that are light and funny and cute. Uh, and, and emotional because that feels more novel to me than sort of the, the blood, guts, and violence. Uh, and with May, I'm not sure if this was one of those movies like I saw the devil where it was just on a hard drive that was given to me along with a bunch of other movies to watch, but I'd heard about May. Uh, and then I watched it and I I loved it because it, it reminds me of movies like um, I'm Just a Cheerleader or um, movies where the world in which the characters live is is heightened and not like a failure to be like reality because there was never there was never a premise to begin with that was was trying to Go towards realism. Like May mm-hmm. to me is like an Edward Gorey comic brought to life.
1: I'm gonna have to look that one up.
0: Edward Gorey, he um he he was a a comic artist, and he he does these kind of goth cartoons with sickly children and you know people dying and Ooh, stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, that yeah, that's a that's a good reference.
0: But yes, I, the first time I saw May, I definitely downloaded it or obtained it illegally, <laughs> like a lot of people during that time. Uh, but I did buy it when I watched it this time. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely, it was to me the most appealing horror movie that I'd seen at that time that was focused on a female experience. Uh, and then I just, yeah, I liked how relentlessly bizarre and weird and cringy it is.
1: Yeah. It is. Yeah. I, um, I wrote down this movie is like, if David Lynch directed Amelie. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That is uh, that is accurate. Well, I mean, this is kind of what Amelie's really like, you know. I right. <laughs> like I said, being a manic pixie dream girl is actually not cute at all.
1: Uh, no. Well, I think gonna... it is very cute, uh, but it's a uh, it's cute for a movie character.
0: Do you find do you find uh, May endearing? Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
1: No, you I. Don't, thought, I thought you don't want character... You don't want to
0: meet Susie. I
1: don't know. (laughs) No.
0: I actually think that in the battle between possessed dolls, that Susie seems like someone I'd like to hang out with more than Annabelle. Because, you know, Annabelle, it's just me, me, me all the time. Whereas Susie really listens. listens and she
1: gives advice. Whew, we've got a whole franchise for you to go down with Puppet Master, (laughs) because... Have I told you
0: that puppets is one of my phobias? You know, I I, I like to pretend that horror movies don't scare me, but I have a thing with clowns, puppets, and dolls.
1: Yeah, they're pretty creepy. Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) I had a lot of nightmares about A Night of the Living Dummy.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever see Dead Silence? Probably not, right? The James Wan ventriloquist horror movie?
0: I haven't seen it because I'm afraid of dolls. Yeah,
1: I'd really like that movie. That movie is a silly movie. We can um, maybe
0: we can do a doll episode. We can do mannequin yeah. and Dead
1: Silence. <laughs> um so yeah, I I guess um is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we
0: no, tell tell us the story, Brett. if well, you may
1: <laughs> if I may, uh, I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest here, and like ten to fifteen minutes into this movie, my mantra for the movie, I watched it with Shira or with Shira. I watched it with Sonia, and I just kept telling Sonia. I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Shira loves this movie so much. She picked it for the, for the movie. And I hated this movie.
0: I figured as much
1: with a vengeance. I hated this movie so much, but one of the cool things that I did like about it is I went on to, you know, like IMDB went on to rotten tomatoes and stuff. And the, people are very nice to this movie. People are very kind to this movie. So it's nice to see that it did, it did hit the audience it was intended for. Because I think most people would probably hate this movie. But yeah,
0: Here's most people I want- who
1: found the movie, though, liked it.
0: Right. Here's what I want to say about this. And I and I want to say this for the future because, you know, look, we, we haven't talked about it. Before, Early, we were talking about all the movies that we've made each other watch that we like. But there have been movies that you've made me watch that I hated. And I know that there have been movies just like this one that you've hated. But here's what I want to say for anybody listening to this who recommends movies, books, music, anybody who likes to recommend things to other people, don't take it personally. Right, Everybody yeah. Yeah. is going to react to something in a different way. And I say this because I, I'm i really active on the uh, Romance Books subreddit on Reddit. And so I, I recommend books to people all the time. I recommend books and TV and movies to people all the time. And sometimes people come back to me and they're like, I loved it. And other times people will say, didn't finish it, hated it, not for me. But you've got to learn to just not take it personally. If something that you love is not somebody else's favorite because the thing that I think about is not so much whether or not something is good or bad, but did it work for me? So May Mm -hmm. profoundly did not work for Brett. It did work for me, Uh, but there's nothing wrong with that. So I just, I want you and anybody who's ever gotten hurt that their movie or recommendation wasn't liked, you just don't take it personally. It really is okay when people hate what you love because that's just going to happen no matter what.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it does suck because I've recommended some movies to my mom where I'm like oh, man, I really think you're going to like this. And then she came back and she was like, "That no, I did not enjoy that. That was dumb. Um, and it's like, oh, well, sorry. Um,
0: Sometimes the mistakes you make with recommendations can create really funny experiences. Like I have a friend of mine who uh, had, I think, all of his family and friends watch Dog Tooth. Have you ever seen that movie? No. It's a really weird movie about a family that purposefully miseducates their adult children and okay, has yeah. a weird, fucked up, incestuous relationship with them. It's not a family-friendly movie. It's, right. in fact, I, I couldn't imagine a more uncomfortable movie to watch with your parents um, because of the psychological horror <laughs> that the movie portrays. So I don't know. I, I really look forward to any... Any situation where there's a difference of opinion, and I I highly encourage people to just go forth and like what you like, and never take it personally if people don't react the same way you
1: do. No, I but it was just funny watching it with Sonia, and just like I just I was like, I, I, but you know, because I would be like, oh, I just don't like this movie, and and Sonia would be like, so so what so. I'm like yeah, Sonia but- gets it. Sonia like, gets yeah, it. But it was the first horror movie that she picked. I was like, I wanted to like it, and it's no fair because I knew okay. Mine. <laughs> that you.
0: Well, I I like Just Friends, Brett, but it's not even close to my favorite rom com. Like no, I-, no, I I like wouldn't. it, and I appreciate how it works. But I want to make it clear that like nowhere am I ranking Just Friends among my top rom-coms or the ones where i'm like this movie changed what yeah. rom-coms could do or i
1: think if if we're talking about this is
0: this is the movie i think about when i want to think about my influences for writing rom-coms like i'm never going to tell anyone that just friends is one of my influential romantic comedy movies. So I like I I want you to also embrace the idea that it's okay to hate movies that I pick.
1: I mean, because I'm
0: okay hating movies that you pick.
1: Yeah, I'm I am also okay hating movies that I pick. I still regret the entire French episode that we did. <laughs> Amelie and Martyrs. Oh boy. Um. But let's get into May. So May is a woman in her mid... I mean, first of all, we start off with the bloody eye thing, right? Which I'm like, all right, fuck yeah, I'm in. Uh, That was pretty cool. Uh, next plunge in. Yeah. So we start off with May. She's in her mid-20s. She is someone who has suffered a very troubled childhood due to her lazy eye um and i think she it's had, her
0: fucked up mom who really makes her weird not right. her
1: eye. she's got a lazy eye and like yeah some kids kind of make fun of her for it you know kids are cruel kids can be kids but a lot of the uh, the psychological damage done to May is from the mom for sure um so she really only has very few social interactions. Her only real, well, not real, but her only friend being a glass in case doll named Susie made by her mother and given to May on her birthday with the adage, if you can't find a friend, make one. Oh, that's cute. And this is The point in the movie,
0: bitterness that your tone is laced with, is very apparent.
1: (laughs) This is the point in the movie where I said, "All right, I'm on board." This lady, she's got a crazy doll. It talks to her. She's going to go around. She's going to kill people. She's going to make dolls out of their body parts. I'm in. I'm totally in for this movie. And then nothing happens. Oh my god nothing happens in this movie there's nothing that happens but I can I mean I can, I can see why you like it May did I that- enjoyed the horror of social interactions. Like, yeah, yeah. I can see
0: for you it, this this goes back to plot over stabby stabby. You you wanted a movie where she would just get right into the killing. You you wanted the third act to begin in the first act and for that to be the whole movie. I, did. I I'm I I, I, don't, I don't resent you for that because that's the type of person you are, and those are the type of movies you like. But I enjoy seeing May fuck up every single opportunity to form a relationship with someone. And I, I, I find it highly amusing. To watch her stumble through these social interactions and fail so completely,
1: I think I—I I mean, I—you know—I I don't like to be the uh, the uh, well. <laughs> I think that in the very stereotypical sense, I can see May being like, "Yeah, May is a movie where ladies could probably." relate to a lot of the weird awkwardness parts of you know wanting to catch someone's eye but not wanting to like not being socially in that position of being like the one who makes the first moves in terms of asking people out but also because it's awkward to ask people out and to you know put yourself out there and like I get may may is a very interesting character but for me it's also like yeah Travis Bickle taxi driver i i relate to that to that more testosterone driven feeling well, yeah you're cold, willing cold you're coldness. willing to let
0: – i mean and Travis Bickle doesn't do anything in Well, I mean, he does a lot of little crazy things, but he doesn't do anything big or violent until the third act. And this movie has the version, their own version of the creepy date. Like when Travis tries to take the lady to the porn theater, theater. it's just like when when May tries to um,
1: bite Adam's Uh, lip off. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, nothing happens in Taxi Driver either. It's just a guy driving a taxi around. (laughs) Uh, Someday real raids get a cut. So I think, I mean, yeah, I do like, I, I do get what this movie's going for. I do like movies like this. I just don't like this one. It very much feels like when people say, I like weird things. And then you say, okay, here's something weird. And they go, whoa, not that weird. <laughs> I know.
0: That's why I love it so much. Every time somebody in the movie says, I like weird and you know, because you've spent time with this character
1: that that is not what they mean. Right. Yeah, no, I did. I did definitely pick up on that. I definitely appreciated that. It's, it's just a lot of this movie was not.
0: Are you mad that they killed Adam because he's so edgy and he likes Dario Argento? No.
1: No. But I do like Dario Argento. Uh, I, I I probably could um, could relate to him more than I care to admit. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so May ends up becoming an adult who works at a vet uh, veterinarian office as an assistant. She gets her eye quote unquote fixed with a pair of glasses, and then she gets some contacts later. Um, she kind of becomes friends with Adam, who is a local mechanic. And the friendship starts off really weird because she's basically stalking him at first. She, she has, doesn't
0: want to be his friend. She wants to be with him. And right. she literally tells the doctor she's going on a date.
1: Yeah. So she has a fixation on his hands. uh, which are she, nice hands. She considers to be like... Super duper attractive, um, and yeah, she kind of she she kind of invests a little more into re- the relationship uh, when he kind of doesn't even really know that she's there. <laughs> um, so, but they kind of do start dating. They kind of do start like you know he finds her intriguing, he finds her interesting, and they they start going out. Uh, we've got. Polly Polly is May's co-worker who is also an assistant with the vet and Polly is played by Anna Ferris. and she is also a lesbian
0: Darla and she's really into May
1: yeah she's really into May um Sonia the entire time we were watching May anytime Anna Ferris would come on Darla um <laughs> And so, yeah, so Polly's super into May. May's super weird. Polly's really into it. Um, One day, May tells Polly that she has a beautiful neck. Ooh. And they kind of just start, like, flirting with each other a bit. But, like, Polly starts flirting with May, but May doesn't realize what's going on. (laughs) Um, No, she's totally clueless. Right, totally. Uh, Polly gives May a pet cat. And... So then we start to really just kind of pump up the things with Adam and focus on the relationship with Adam. Uh, Adam invites her back to her apartment. He ends up showing her a movie called Jack and Jill. Which uh, it's is-
0: such a shitty college movie. Like, it, I feel like they did do a good impression of the kind of shitty college movie someone would make and think is really edgy but is just so
1: cliché. As someone who's been to film school, I can one hundred percent say this is an accurate student film. (laughs) Like this is is this is the kind of movie that a lot of people do end up making, yeah. Uh it's like a hundred percent seriously. Right. He does, yeah. The movie doesn't, but he does. Um, but
0: so does May.
1: Oh, May does too, yes. Um yeah, so it's it's very funny because it's like a traditional 1950s kind of couple uh, going out on a picnic. And then they end up eating each other bit by bit. Very by romantic. Flesh. Very romantic. So Mae's super into it. She finds the movie really romantic and all that stuff. And he's like, he's almost more weirded out by the fact that she likes it than the fact that she's not like, whoa, this is weird. Um,
0: I know this movie doesn't work for you. And again, I'm fine with that. But it really worked for me when May said, I don't think she would have gotten his finger off in one bite, though. That was that funny. Was
1: unrealistic. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, yeah, this movie's not bad. I didn't. I didn't hate this movie with a passion, like I said at the beginning, in the way that I hate other movies okay with a passion. If
0: you did though. I. I, I let's I embrace did. that it's okay to hate things. Like Honestly, we don't have to be toxically positive.
1: I know we don't have to be toxically positive, but also, I like I genuinely did not hate this movie like that much. I mean I'm I'm playing it up for the podcast a bit but like I I I I, I don't have the energy to get upset at movies anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, I saw Wonder Woman 84, it was fine. I like I don't I just don't get upset at movies anymore. Like if they fuck up Godzilla versus Kong, I might I might flip a table but
0: I don't know. No. There's still movies that I hold grudges against. Like I'm still mad at Blood and Chocolate for changing the ending from the book ending. She was supposed to end up with the werewolf.
1: <laughs> it, um, I mean, you know, I, yeah, I do. I do get mad at, at certain things, sure, but I hold grudges. I don't know. So yeah, I this movie. This movie, I did. I did see the appeal to it. I did think it was funny that she she commented on the finger chomp, uh, but she she's basically like, no, I get it. Like, I get what you're going for these characters. Like, I I get these characters, and so she's. I I don't know if it's really inferred that she's turned on by the uh, cannibalism of the film, or I think
0: if she is because she tries to do it when they're on the bed, and My- I like. I I like the detail of when he fucking leaves the apartment because he's had enough and she screams at the doll. I told you to look at the wall. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. My take on it is a little bit more like she's into that sense of intimacy and connection. The fact that these characters are, you know, it's, it's like these, these characters are holding on to each other and biting each other and like going inside of each other. And it's intimate and it's bloody and it's awkward and it's painful, but it's like she, she gets it. But then when she's making out and she bites him on the lip, it's, I I think it's kind of like, she doesn't know how to do it. (laughs) Like, I think she doesn't know how to show the affection. So she, she kind of, she, she does what she thinks he'll like. And like, he's more into the metaphoric cinematic aspect of characters eating each other, I don't think he's into the actual cannibalism. Bite my lip, make me bleed. So I, I think it's just her being awkward.
0: I guess so. I mean, I I feel like she is like Peter Sellers in being there. She takes everything literally,
1: right? Um, so yeah, Adam Lee's she may yells at the uh, the doll. Um, we we get this interesting scene where she starts volunteering at a school for blind children, um, and she she kind of becomes friends with one of the girls who has no friends, who's named Petey, and Petey makes her an ashtray with the name May on it, and then May kind of starts to flirt with Polly. But, like, it's not clear if she knows what she's doing. (laughs) Like, again, she's not really flirting with Polly so much as Polly is really flirting with May.
0: Well, I mean, Um, after she's been rejected, she's just going to the only person who's open to her. She
1: just wants a friend. Like, I think it's clear that she just needs a a living human being friend. And I don't think she's... And she needs Polly intimacy.
0: Polly doesn't right. want to be friends with anyone. She just wants right. to have sex
1: with them. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> uh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so Adam stops calling May because May's May's going a little bit overboard and she overhears him say like, you know, she shows up at his house, stands outside mm-hmm. for two hours uh without knocking so she shows up to his house unannounced again and he opens the door to hold the cigarette out so the cigarette isn't in the the apartment and like so she overhears him say oh may what a weirdo and so she feels rejected she feels defeated she goes to polly who is her friend who will surely be there to comfort her but polly is with a girl named Ambrosia. Polly is-, is
0: short for polyamorous.
1: Oh.
0: No, I mean I don't think it is, but I, I liked when uh, again Anna Ferris is the queen of line delivery when she right. says, shut up, hooker.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh Ana Ferris says if, if you if you need a little something extra in your movie, put Anna Ferris in it. Um so yeah, May goes home she's upset. She becomes enraged. She ends up killing the cat, which is something that I absolutely did not think this movie needed. I forgot be-
0: about that. I'm because, sorry. No, I should have right. warned you guys about the cat, but uh, that wasn't as fresh in my mind as the, the drag me to hell cat.
1: Right? Yeah. That one, uh, the, that one, I do say the, the drag me to hell cat kill is a lot better in the rated version where they don't actually show it, if I'm remembering mm-hmm. right. But yeah, I don't need to see dead cats. Like, I don't, yes,
0: no, I, yeah. I do apologize for any dead cats or dogs. That I, I, I,
1: also, I mean, this movie gets a pass because I, I, again, I get what it's going for. You know what I mean? Like it's not killing a cat for the shock. Being value of too
0: generous for someone who actually hates this movie.
1: Uh, yeah, I did pretty much hate this movie, so May takes Susie to school and tells the blind kids that Susie's her best friend.
0: She was- took a doll in a glass box to a school full of blind children, which to me, I thought was hilarious in the fact of how wrong it was it's
1: it, it, it has a certain sense of ironic comedy, but I didn't find it funny. Uh, I was already pretty peeved at the movie at this point. So May and the children, uh, the children end up like swarming around the doll. They're they're, like, they're drawn to it like moths to a flame, even though they can't see it. They just want to touch it and hold it. So they knock it over and the glass is everywhere and they start crawling on the glass and there's blood and she scoops up her ruined doll and she goes home. Then the next day, she meets a young punk, and they go on Doom Generation. Uh, yeah, they go on a date of sorts, and it's a very. I think He thinks he's in a porn. It's he's a bizarre character. He's a he's a very David Lynch character. Uh, he, he's a punk guy. He's into candy, and she's like, "Come over to my house." and yeah, she he likes, loves
0: Juju for some reason. Yeah,
1: Juju bees, uh, and so she really likes the tattoo on his arm, and so she's really into all these parts on all these different people. She and needs she, more parts. I know. So then, at the house, he finds the dead cat, and she's like, "May, you are a freak." And this is where May has a total breakdown and stabs the shit out of him, kills him, and then. Before she, before the movie really tells you what's happening, May's like, I need more parts. And so this is where you start to go, Oh, right. This is where we should have been an hour ago. <laughs> On Halloween night, May dresses up in a homemade costume, kind of resembling Susie. And she. Goes to Polly's house. She kills Polly. Ambrosia arrives. She kills Ambrosia. Get those she, legs. She yeah. Those gams. Uh, she goes to Adam, and Adam's got his new girlfriend, and and Adam's new girlfriend is super nice and super sweet, and is like, yeah, let this weird girl come in. She needs a friend on Halloween. Yeah, you guys might have been together, but whatever. I'm with you now. It's okay. I'm you know I'm I'm cool. And May murders them both uh then she takes all of the dead body parts you know in, in a very funny little halloween scene of like oh she's got blood in a cooler and she's an adult and she's got a cooler and but it's full of blood like oh yeah it's it's funny um i mean, I don't mean it to sound mean like yeah i get it it's it's funny uh at home she ends up designing her new friend which is a life-size human doll made from different body parts, like the punk's arm, Polly's neck, Ambrosia's legs, Adam's hand, uh, the ear, ear, you know, ears and fur and stuff. So using, using the broken ashtray, she spells out the doll's new name, which is Amy. She realizes the doll can't see. And so we, uh, cut back to the beginning of the movie where she is gouging out her own eyeball crying in pain she puts the eyeball on amy's head begs the doll to look at her cuddles up with the doll there they be spooning and then the mm-hmm. doll caresses her as it comes to life and brushes her face and they live happily ever after
0: i love it i don't care <laughs> I love it. It works for me. And you know what? I stand by it and not at all harmed that you don't, but I can understand that by that point in the movie, you were like, come on.
1: Come on. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't mind movies that don't have a plot. I don't mind movies that are just people being awkward or, or hanging out with characters I don't mind that at all, but there, there is that sense of like, yeah, you know, when you say I like science fiction, that doesn't mean you like all science fiction. When I, when, when you say I like weird movies or I like unique movies, like, yeah, you like movies about awkward ladies going on dates and being awkward. I like movies about ants. <laughs> so, like, yeah, there's yes. there's different spectrums of weird and there's yeah. there's different levels that we can tolerate, but
0: your movies have more <laughs> crazy doctors and mine yes. have more crazy women.
1: Right. More shy women who are Sneaky. I don't
0: know that all of them are shy, sneaky, but all, sneaky, of women, shy women, all of the shy women, Amelie and May, <laughs> all of them are are absolutely nutty, though. Um, but yeah, no, I I love I love a good woman on the edge of hysteria.
1: May is constantly teetering on that edge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Women women losing their minds uh never gets old for me. Uh so gotta ask, gotta know, who would you or who no we already did who would you kill? Who did you have a crush on? Um I don't you hated the movie so much that you hated everyone inside it?
1: No, I'm trying to think because, I mean, the obvious answer is uh, Anna Faris. Anna Faris, who's mostly a blonde in every other movie she's in. I like, his, I asked Sonia this, but she didn't know. When you say someone's brunette, does that mean they have brown hair or black hair? Or can it relate to both black or blonde or brunette or brown?
0: Brunette is brown hair.
1: Okay. Black hair is black hair. I I, sometimes I hear people say brunette and it's like, uh, I don't know. Her Black black
0: hair is black. Yeah. Um, But I I think she she looks looks good with black
1: hair. Um,
0: Yeah. And she has black hair in scary movie too.
1: Oh yeah. That's a good point. I I don't know. I've seen each scary movie maybe once. Um, uh, I, I kind of maybe either ambrosia just because of the sense of, like you said, like she's in the background. We only really see her legs for most of it. Or the but doctor, they're great they legs. There are some great legs. Or the doctor, I like. I, I just don't think the doctor's in it enough. But just that little gimmick that oh, the one
0: who was in Borat.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy, the foreign guy. Like, I don't uh-huh. think he's in it enough to to have a a crush-worthy presence. But yeah, I like all the characters are unique. They all have, you know, they all have a a gimmick, which I like. That's what I liked about Just Friends. Um, oh, Ambrosia, more... I guess. Ambrosia's got this like sexy femme fatale kind of vibe going on.
0: Before I forget, one more detail I liked. Uh, I liked that uh, May's deal breaker, May's Seinfeldian deal breaker <laughs> with Polly, was that humongous mole on her index finger.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But it's also like, dude, you've already got the perfect set of hands, Adam. Man, Adam's your well, hands. I mean,
0: well, yeah, no, she she knew that she was going to get to edit out the yeah, yeah. Uh, the hand mole. But uh, I, I like that. That was, that was too funny. much for me. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: I like Angela Bettis. I have a crush on Angela Bettis, the the woman who played May. Yeah, uh, I felt I I think that Angela Bettis is a great actress. And I felt like she gave the role of May her all uh, and was being the character every single moment she was on screen.
1: Uh, Yeah, I think she did a very good job in this movie. I think this movie could have been... When I say like I hated this movie, I think I could have actually genuinely hated this movie if it wasn't if it wasn't Angela Bettis like I mean I guess it could have been someone else you know that who did did just as good of a job but Angela Bettis did a freaking great job in this movie she took something weird (laughs) and made it weird you know what I mean
0: yeah no she she fully rendered that character
1: yeah it's an interesting movie I'm glad I saw it.
0: It's okay to not be glad.
1: It's also okay to not have a strong disliking to a movie and to think that it's just fine. Uh, I mean, again, I
0: I don't want you to pull your punches. That's like I said, there's there's no no. toxic positivity on this podcast. No,
1: I, I don't think I'm being too toxically positive. I think like, but also, yeah, I, it's a, it's a case of, mistaken genre for me we're like yeah i was i i would have dove headfirst into the slasher genre which we have a we have a at least a hundred movies about dolls and slashers and mannequins and body parts and you know what i mean uh oh um sonia mentioned a little movie That she thought was better than this movie. And I thought was better than this movie. That features romantic elements and comedy and horror and body parts being put together. Frankenhooker.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot how much y'all love Frankenhooker. Frankenhooker
1: is such a good movie. Um, Yeah, I guess, again, it's not like I... But that's from the creature's perspective. Right. That kind of gives it
0: a different spin. Yeah. But uh no, I, I, I have wanted to check out Frankenhooker Hooker for a while now. It's uh, so good. Yeah, no, I need um, I need to check that
1: one out. But no, so, again, like this movie, it doesn't feel like it's trying like the the art house movie that it's ripping on feels like it's trying to be something it's not, therefore it's kind of ingenuous and it feels it, it, you can feel the the guy who's like, I just wanna say something, but I don't know really how to say it, so I'm just gonna say it like this. Like I can see people thinking that's what May is, but May ha- May feels like a complete vision from a writer and director. Like Locking in the it's only an it's- hour and a half. <laughs> Look,
0: I do think that Lucky McKee is an interesting writer and director. He also wrote kind of an unofficial sequel to The Brood, um, which is based off a Jack Ketchum novel. He wrote and directed this movie, also with Angela Bettis in it, called The Woman, about this kind of fucked up family that finds and holds hostage a cannibal woman who's Have like the last her? the woman
1: yeah yeah i've seen the woman
0: mm. i've uh, I mean, that
1: one i like I after mean, I, I watched this movie i thought you know i should give the woman a shot
0: you know I, I don't know if you hate may then i don't i don't think you're going i don't know that you're going to like the woman much more but but I do a, wanna,
1: a I do, let me say let me say it this way i liked may enough to want to give the woman a shot
0: I I thought well I mean the woman has you know trigger warning rape abuse you know it ha- it has all this stuff that I think that I would warn somebody like definitely like you could get triggered by the woman I mean right. you could get triggered watching May too but, but the woman is uh, like an
1: IFC midnight or a it's 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 it's, it's along this it runs in the same circles as some of the other horror movies that I like.
0: I mean, I I thought it was good and and I think that that Lucky McKee makes movies like himself. Like the right. fact that May and The Woman are made by the same person feels very apparent. Although I think The Woman is more polished because it clearly had a bigger budget, and right. you know he was more mature by the time he made it. But I think that he makes really unique movies, so I yeah. I, I don't know. I think for that purpose they're they're worth uh, they're worth checking out. So, rom com version of May, how was writing this for you?
1: This one was a lot easier for me just in the sense that I did not spend nearly as much time on it as I did the other one. Um, the other one, like I said, I just kind of wanted to do it more as an exercise of like, mm-hmm. can, can I can I make a movie with these constraints, right? But right. May, May I just went with the the tried and true – let me put May in a rom-com scenario and see where this takes me. Uh so it's it's uh it's a very soft pitch, but I think you'll get what I'm going for. Sure. Uh Amelie. Amelie, directed by uh by David Lynch, is what May is as a horror movie, but I think May as a romantic comedy would be something like I mean, I don't want to say *McGruber*, but basically Will Forte directed by Jim Jarmusch is how I would make May into a romantic comedy. Uh, That's more my style. That's more my level of weirdness. Uh, So May is going to be... um, May is going to get a message from her family that it's family reunion time. And May does not have a date. So... Oh, no. May's going to get out this mega phone book and just like in a very rom, not like rom-commy style, but just in a very comedic style. She's going to call everyone in the phone book and people who don't even know may know that she's so awkward that they don't want to go out on a date with her. So even though she goes through the entire phone book, The entire phone book? The entire phone book. She still doesn't have a date. So what's a lady to do?
0: Well, if you don't have a friend, you got to make one.
1: Well, she goes to speed dating. Oh. So the rest of the movie becomes about May on a speed date with all these different wacky characters. So, of course, you can see, like, we can get... Anna Ferris. We can get someone like John Hamm in here. We can get all these wacky characters I don't coming like in. more John Hamm. Oh yeah. So we we get all these different people. So we have Adam. Adam is the mechanic, and over the course of these speed dates, she uh, she kind of learns about the people, but she also learns about herself. So Adam, the mechanic. Um, He has a problem with his father and she ends up helping him realize what the problem with his father is by talking to him about mechanic stuff, right? Like she's a good listener. She talks to him and and of course he's going to talk to her and we're going to find out about her and stuff too, but she's really weird. Um, That's pretty much all we know about her. So he's a mechanic who then is able to quote-unquote fix his relationship or diagnose his relationship, his problems with his father. Next day, bing, right as they're hitting it off, bing, we go to Polly. Polly is a chef who has some, like, issues with her mom. But she has, like, some mom issues, but May and Polly are able to cook up some chemistry, right? And so... She's, she's just very fun and very flirty. Polly's very outgoing. Everything may, maybe wishes she was. So they have a lot of chemistry, uh, you know, a lot of stuff like that. They, maybe they talk about food and stuff. I don't know. Then we have Blank, who is the punk rocker, the musician. Um, and he is really good at listening. And so he listens to her. And then Ooh, he-, he listens to her. Yeah, he listens to her. And then he's able to take her songs and, like, make them into music and, like, able to kind of say what she can't say because he's better at words and stuff. Next, we go to Ambrosia. And Ambrosia is a dancer. And so this is going to kind of give May some of the physical, intimate contact that she's been missing. And so, oh, no, 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 I, I'm sorry. When I wrote father and mom and stuff, I'm going to say that these characters remind her of her father. So she's able to diagnose her own relationship with her own problems with her father based on on Adam, Adam's mechanic job. Uh, the chef reminds May of her mom. Blank reminds me of her brother. Ambrosia reminds me of her aunt. And so, but we have like, maybe like Ambrosian can teach me how to dance. We can have like a sexy ladies dancing scene. And then the doctor, the doctor is a foreign guy who reminds me of her cousin. Who's like a former distant relative cousin guy who she never talks to and is from a different country. And the doctor is foreign. So they sit in silence and it's a very like uncomfortable moment. Cause they don't speak the same language, but, You know like they're people So they learn how to like develop This little meet cute relationship Thing like through Nonverbal Flirting or whatever So then at the end of the speed date May has to pick one person To go To the family reunion with Like let's say they all kind of give her Their number or something They're all into May for whatever reason So what May decides Is that She is going to invite them all. (gasps) All of them? So she's going to go on a polyamorous date with all of them. And they're going to, like, all end up having a sex orgy together. And it's going to be really funny and silly. But then we go to the family reunion, right? So she invites them all out on a date. And they have sex. They all have sex together. And she's like, okay, I want you guys yeah. all to. All my family. Family. All I mean, actually,
0: not not to kink shame,
1: but sex it's a lot, of,
0: yeah. a lot of tingles. Well, limbs. Forte's
1: in a movie about an orgy, right?
0: Oh, isn't that like the good old-fashioned orgy or whatever?
1: Yeah. That so he's movie. he's no stranger to that. Maybe we'll put Will Forte actually in the movie. Uh, but then they go to the family reunion, and the family reunion is like, All of the family has multiple lovers, so she's not weird. She fits right in with her family. And so she's accepted for herself. She's got a lot of lovers, she's got a lot of family, and they're all happy.
0: (laughs) Not kink same, but I won't kink shame.
1: Yeah. That's uh that's may. if she wanted to make the perfect date, she would basically just have an orgy. How about you? How did you uh how did you fare turning this one
0: for some oh. reason? I decided to write both of my remakes exactly the same way. They were much shorter than I usually do, um, more of a sketch, and each of them is a sequel to the original <laughs> movie, so once again, I've changed absolutely nothing <laughs> about the original premise and kept everything in. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but I, I I actually had some fun with this one. Um, but I called mine, You May Kiss the Bride.
1: Aww. Uh, 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 uh.
0: Um, okay. So right after the end of the events of May – May wakes up from cuddling with her creation all night with an epiphany. She's like, what the hell am I doing? I just killed all these people. I built it. Like, clearly, I need help. Um, so she just leaves. She leaves the apartment, escapes to New York, uh, <laughs> assumes a new identity as June. Because, you know, May, June. Hi, um, got you. And then she also gets therapy. So she starts to, you know, work through all of her issues and uh, her doll delusions and, you know, she gets, gets real help. Uh, Meanwhile, Amy, the creature created from the various body parts of May's murdered victims, wakes up cold and alone with no idea why May left them all alone. It's just like Frankenstein, because in Frankenstein, Victor Frankenstein sees his creation and is like, ew, gross, uh, and then runs away. And the creature, who's actually a really sensitive person who then, like learns French, um, is like why did my why did my creator run from me? You know he has no no reason to be the violent killer that he later becomes. So Amy's been left all alone, and then Amy ends up taking the fall for all of these murders. They think that Amy did it. Um, and then Amy escapes from the prison and washes up in Mexico. And we'll say that Amy's taken in by a family and they teach, they teach Amy how to live. Amy, as far as I'm concerned, since Amy's made up of male and female parts, they, uh, are they. Um, so, but yeah, so now it's three years later. After lots of therapy. And a successful couture doll business, uh, May has found a fulfilling life with her new alias, uh, and she has a fiance. Uh, maybe her fiance's Army Hammer uh, because like, thing she does. <laughs> now, I think that would be hilarious if her fiance wasn't just played by Army Hammer, but it's like Army Hammer is her fiance as himself. As himself. <laughs> I do like weird. Okay. I I do re I really like mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> um so she's busy planning for this wedding, but she also feels like something's missing. Um, And then one day she's closing up the doll shop when Amy appears out of the darkness uh, and and confronts May for leaving her. But then May's fiancé shows up. So May has to hide Amy. And then while she's talking to her fiancé um amy some of the 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 thread holding amy's hand to her wrist the the dead hand falls off (laughs) and and into view um and um the fiance is like what what's that and may says just parts (laughs) That was the one. That was the one joke set up that I came up for this movie. That that'll make it the the hand falling and just parts will be in the trailer for
1: sure. Right. Yeah.
0: Um. So the fiance leaves. May tells tells amy that she'll sew them back together and then maybe like we have a cute romantic scene where where may is sewing amy and they're talking and may apologizes and amy tells her about their life in mexico and then they agree to keep their relationship a secret from may's new life but then because this is a rom-com hijinks ensue Um, so I'm not sure exactly everything that'll happen. I mean, you can only use the body parts falling once, or maybe we can use it three times and just make it different pieces of Amy that just like fall off and they have to, you know, deal with them. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I want to, I want to do something, (laughs) something like that, but we'll, we'll say we, we get to the climax of the movie uh may is walking down the aisle and we get to the part where uh the minister is supposed to say if anybody objects to this union and then amy shows up and army hammers like what's this rotting corpse doing here <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's confused but May is just so happy that Amy came to get her uh, and, you know, they run out of the church and they live happily ever after. Oh, you may kiss the bride.
1: Oh, yeah. So do they so do they get married?
0: Of course they get married and they continue their doll business in yeah. upstate Maine.
1: Okay. Yeah, I was going to say my my one and only note for this movie would be that a character with one eye does not escape to New York. They escape from New York.
0: <laughs> that is fair. That is yeah. fair.
1: Um, yeah. May I kiss the bride? I like it. Yeah. got gotta Amy and May. They. They belong, they belong together. together. Yeah. They were made for each other.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Speaking of things that are made for each other, you, our fans and our social media were made to meet and follow. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as via email at, uh, necromancer at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Like, subscribe, rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, and, uh, yeah, do that.
1: Yeah. Make
0: friends. We want to make friends. And we like weird. That's so fair. maybe not may weird.
1: Mm. Let's see. Let's see what you got for us for our love bite this week, and we'll see how weird we can get.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> what do you, what do you, so for love bites, uh, what do you got for us?
1: Uh well in the last the last episode I recommended Dragon Ball Fighters for PS4 because I love fighting. Uh but the other thing that I love fighting other than Dragon Balls are gods. Ew. Oh my god, this God of War game is freaking incredible, man. I mean, I've been hearing about it for the last two, three years, just how incredible this game is. And I'm just sitting over here with my PS3 going, well, maybe one day. And then finally that day has come. And yeah, I mean, like Horizon Zero Dawn is definitely my favorite game <laughs> of that I've played like most recently, uh, like AAA game. God of War has a lot of really major, minor nitpicks, just, like, in terms of...
0: It's a solid franchise. Like, they seem to yeah. come up with a hit every time there's a new game.
1: Yeah, but, like, some of the navigation stuff, some of the open world stuff, some of the combat... Like, I'm I'm not a Dark Souls kind of guy when it comes to combat. At anytime you have a block button, that's just a button that I could be using to attack people. You know, give me Devil May Cry, give me Horizon Zero Dawn, just let me shoot at things. Um, but seriously, man, like this God of War game, there a, there's an event that happens midway into the game that blew my mind. It was freaking nuts. And I'm almost right at the end of the game. I'm just tidying up some of those final side missions. Um, but yeah, the game is freaking amazing. It is. I mean, I like either you already know it is, or you really don't. You just care. haven't
0: played it yet.
1: Right. <laughs> This game is freaking awesome, man. God of War. Yeah, it just it really makes you feel like a total badass. And one of our favorite catnips, Kratos is a mega grumpy hero. He does he hates oh, killing.
0: So grumpy. The one
1: thing Kratos hates more or the one thing Kratos hates most in the entire world is killing gods, but that's also the one thing he's really good at. And gods are assholes and they deserve to be killed. <laughs>
0: Yes, no, I mean the Greek myths have done nothing to yeah. help god's images.
1: And This one's uh, cool cuz they bring it up into the uh they switch it up and and do some of the Norse mythology. But nice. there's some there's some Greek things that like pop up here and there and so I'd really love to see God of War take on Christianity. <laughs> I want to see Kratos you want to see on- god of-
0: kill god god
1: yeah i want to because it's so cool that kratos the greek guy from the first god of war movie or game that's all about the greek gods of war is now fighting in norse mythology so it's like it's a really cool blend and like they do a lot of really cool stuff with it in the story but yeah i want to i want to i just want to see kratos kill his way through all the religions (laughs) he's He's a grumpy
0: man of video games
1: um i i think that's maybe a discussion for a video game podcast (laughs) i don't know i think one punch man is totally different it's totally different but i get like he's definitely op he's op as fuck because most of this game whenever you're walking around and it's like oh here's a giant boulder in my way most games would be like walk around it or you have to get this little pickup so that you can the power bracelet so you can pick and kratos is like nope he just goes and moves the boulder like most of this game whenever he opens the door it's like ah he's got to use his muscles and strain and open the door he's hot. yeah it's real hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh how about you what's your love bite
0: Sticking with the theme, so uh in honor of our reverse favorites, I've got another horror movie to recommend to you as Brett Sheds a Silent Tear, wishing we had just done those movies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And last episode, I recommended to you Frailty. Uh, And this episode, I would like to recommend another delightfully weird horror movie, Hellraiser. I think that Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2 are excellent. They're incredibly weird. Um, The first movie is about this evil stepmother who is secretly in love with her husband's dead brother. And the efforts that she will go to, to resurrect this <laughs> man from the dead are truly incredible.
1: Well, when um, you put it like that way, yeah, it does sound a little bit weird.
0: I mean, it's, it, it's a weird movie. It's a weird movie about freaky people who are into freaky sex and it's very Clive Barker. And, you know, the whole pain is pleasure, pleasure is pain. It, it, it is a movie unlike any other movie. And I would say that both the first and the second one are great. I haven't seen any of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but the stepmother, I can't remember the name of her character. I think it's Julia. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But Julia is one of the greatest female characters in horror that's ever been made
1: i agree julia is all about julia julia is a fantastic character hellraiser one and two are both amazing movies hellraiser three does have some cool stuff in it but after that
0: doesn't have julia in it it that's why why it's not as good as one or two she julia is the anna ferris of those movies
1: (laughs) she is Um, Yeah, I totally agree. Hellraiser, man. Those are some good movies.
0: So that is my recommendation for this week. Well, may you keep all your parts attached to your body. (laughs)